This is The After Party, live with Jim McAllister and John Daly. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) Happy Wednesday. Hi, happy Wednesday to you. How's it going, John Daly? Not bad. You're coming in loud. Coming in. Oh, really? I didn't change anything between shows, so I don't well, know. Well, maybe it's just the energy that was coming, um, rolling maybe over I've, the Mark I've Thompson now, show. Maybe I'm alive. Now I have come to yeah. life. Well, yeah. you sure were on the receiving end. Yeah, that that's was a lot today, sure. huh? That was for That's for sure. Right. Some people go on vacation and come back mellower. <laughs> no, not Mark Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> He's recharged his battery, and he is 100% electrified. Well, yeah. Well, now you're at the show that you can start working at on every uh, every night at 1 a.m. when you're mm-hmm. finally done with your other tasks. Yes. Um, welcome to the after party. Welcome to the after party, where we have news about roundabouts. This is wild. Yeah. Um, Are you a but- fan of the roundabout? We have a few in Petaluma. Yeah, but first we want to th- we want to ask people to click like, subscribe, oh, yeah. and uh, yeah, like click yeah. like and subscribe. You know how that goes. And before we do that or be on that, we want to thank West T. Yes, yay! West T, thank you, Wes. Right on schedule. Right on. Thank you for that. Happy New it. Year, West T. Yeah, I saw this story about roundabouts. You're, you're familiar with roundabouts, right? Yeah, there's one not too far from where I live. Uh, it took though driving in Europe to for me to really get the whole roundabout concept well have you seen a turbo roundabout probably not no that's a little scary (laughs) well i think it actually makes sense when you look at it for a while okay Um, a a troubled california intersection is now the site of a new spiral shaped road feature called a turbo roundabout Hmm. uh, the first of its kind in the state the only uh it's only the second in the country the new turbo roundabout appeared near the city of regilroy at the intersection of um, highways 25 and 156 two roadways frequent uh, frequented by interregional commuters, travelers, mm-hmm. and agricultural workers. Caltrans told SFGate that the intersection has an unusually high occurrence of collisions, even when compared with similar intersections across the state. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In- installing a roundabout, uh, have you reported on this intersection yeah. before? Yeah. Well, I have, yeah. one one fifty six and 25, that's a yeah. freeway intersection. There's always a lot of semi-trucks and agricultural things yeah. going on there so there's like a lot of loads spilled loads and t- semi-trucks overturned and right. jackknife big rigs it's that's a big spot for that so caltrans says it's the natural solution um wherever we have installed a roundabout the number of collisions drastically decreases he said and this pretty much is a true for roundabouts across the country um in a typical multi-lane roundabout drivers freely shift between inner and outer lanes uh, delineated by painted lines in a turbo roundabout there are raised dividers that are separating these lanes, okay? So that means when a driver merges onto the roundabout, they choose a lane, inner, center, or outer, and they have to stick with it until they peel off. Oh. Although the, the word turbo may appear in the title and it may suggest, you know, high-speed driving, that's not what it means. Okay. It actually it actually reduced um, the speed in roundabouts. Turbo refers to the roundabout spiral shape. So you can see how it kind of looks like a spiral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's about the shape, not the the not the speed. The first okay. turbo roundabouts were designed in the Netherlands in the 1990s. The design the the design made its first appearance in the U.S. in 2022, and uh, the first one was in Jacksonville, Florida. Amazingly enough, and I'm sure everyone's following the rules down there. Um, mm-hmm. This construction began in 2022 here in California. And the facility became f- fully operational when the third lane uh, opened for traffic in December. Uh, yeah, so if you look at it, it's kind of cool. You have to pick. So like, if you were to come from the bottom here. You got to go in the left lane uh, if you want to go left, right? If you want to end up on the left side, you have to pick, go in that left does it, lane. Does it look like lane. if you're on the left and you pick that outside lane and you follow along the spiral that you just dead end into the grass? No, 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 no. You're going into that lane. You can kind of see tire marks there. You're turning right. You're going You're going across the first lane and you're kind of like mm-hmm. going at an angle. You're turning right. Oh, yeah. I see what lane. you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the one if you want to go if you want to go to the left. And so there must be signs there, you know, you have to pick the lane. And then if you're in the right lane, you can either uh, it looks like they actually have a a right hand turn before you even get to the intersection. Right. You see how there's that semi truck, Mm -hmm. Uh, but you could still go right. But then you can go straight. But you can see that there's dividers there. So you would have to go straight. You could either go right or you go straight in that outer lane. So I guess the idea is to have more control and to keep everybody separated. Um, So it looks interesting. Yeah, it does look interesting. I don't know how, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that one. Well, if it it keeps people alive. Yeah. Hey, then do it. And traffic moving as well. I mentioned this earlier in news, this 13 year old kid 
is saying he is the very first person to beat the original Tetris video game. As of now, it's only been beaten by an AI bot, some type of computer bot. Right. But this 13-year-old took him 38 minutes to beat the original Tetris. He, his name is William Gibson, and he was on his YouTube channel. He posts it to the YouTube channel the moment he reaches level 157, which caused the game to crash. That's called the kill screen. He felt yeah, because they're they're only designed to go to a certain amount of mm-hmm. like go, uh, you know, to a certain point. And I think in most of these games, it's not like they have a finish that's all like written out. Right or mm-hmm. plan. It's just that the the com- the computer reaches its maximum. Like it can't process any more memory. Right. Yeah. So you're like you're you're reaching a limit. Kind of like when your computer starts crashing because you have like 156 tabs open. Yep. Well, they used to like think that up until a few years ago that level 29 was as far as you could get. Like that was the last level. That's not true. He got to right. level 157 before the right. kill screen came on. So, yeah. Yeah. He's the first person allegedly to beat the original game of tetris look at that very cool yeah nice 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 are you ready for some animals i am ready for animals what kind of animals have you curated for us today i think we'll start with some lions ah yeah okay now we have we have a video but um i should tell you these are lion cubs that are bothering Mm -hmm. their father who's trying to sleep oh you know and i think we've all been there in our in our during our childhood (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, without any further ado, why don't we just take a, a look at the video? Okay. So you have two lion cubs there on the left. Dad's trying to get a nap in. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy because you're thinking like probably shouldn't be messing with the lion you know lion dad probably wants to be left alone it's pretty crazy um remember flocko how flocko the 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 owl was um in new york and he was the only owl of his kind and he was looking for love you're right it's kind of a similar story yeah this is a monkey that has broken out of a sanctuary in ireland because he too is looking for love yes a capuchin monkey who escaped from this sanctuary in ireland is they think on the hunt for a mate Mm -hmm. yeah it's the rathdrum monkey sanctuary this monkey charlie was being relocated from the island where he resides when he jumped off the boat and he fled he was two years old when he was rescued from an uh, edinburgh laboratory about 20 years ago, Heffernan, the owner of the sanctuary, says he decided to relocate the monkey because he'd recently started harassing a trio of female monkeys who were all over the age of 60. So he said Charlie is likely on the search for a younger mate. He um, He's excited when he thinks apparently that the area is full of female monkeys. He's lived on the island. He's caught squirrels, frogs, and birds. He has no bother getting protein, so they think he should be okay on his own, but they're asking the local hunters to be aware that Charlie could be hiding in the trees and asking them to avoid shooting Charlie because they don't want anything to bad, bad to happen. He how is, is not he now? Used- Do we know? We don't know exactly how. Well, he was two 20 years ago, so he's 22. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, he said Charlie is not used to human contact and he will likely flee or bite if he's approached. So I don't know if he's going to be finding his mate that he thinks is out there. Poor Charlie. Sometimes I feel like biting and fleeing. So, it. <laughs> so it's okay. It, yeah. Randy Charlie. Oh, very Randy um, Charlie. Yeah, he's cute though. Capuchin monkeys are cute. I hope he's okay. Yeah. Fingers crossed for Charlie. Very cute. Let's, talk, let's go to Michigan. Take me to Michigan. Um, well, we won't literally go to Mission, Michigan because that, you know. No, take we a can't. Lot of, All right. It'll take a lot of miles and time. Mm-hmm. And we don't have that time. Um, but a recliner has turned a Michigan pothole into a viral celebrity. Ready for this? No. <laughs> my, my, computer's, <laughs> my computer's acting very slow, so my computer's oh. actually not ready for it. Uh, I'll do but, it. Uh, 
No, no. Uh, okay. I want to run the video here. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you take a look okay. at the story and uh, vamp for me here a second? Yes. Yeah, so this is a city in Michigan. Um, they have to fix up a pothole because a recliner has been so big, the pothole, that somebody put a recliner inside, uh, which yeah. led to an entire living room scene being set up outside. Okay, Crazy. let's check this out. Potholes are nothing new, but this one has really taken on a life of its own. We've already seen dozens of people come up to take pictures and really just take it all in. But some of the ones we spoke to say they hope it brings attention to a larger issue. It's like a game of I spy. We've got speakers. Monday morning, dozens of people spied. A Charlie Brown Christmas tree, and we have some really nice cones that accentuate uh, the chair. It actually all started days ago with a recliner. I saw the black chair. I it, it was really, really funny. It was just outrageous. The pothole by the Grand Haven Applebee's can thank Corey Denny for its new fame and new decor. I want to take a picture of it and post it in Grand Haven Informed and the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> the Facebook page just ran with it and the jokes just keep coming. That's actually how I'm going to redesign my living room, so. Anyone you ask has a different favorite. There are so many great ones. You know, the Bernie Sanders meme was great. There was one gentleman that had his picture taken uh, as if he was fishing in the pothole. But behind any good joke is some truth. The road infrastructure really sinks, you know, with all these potholes. I don't want someone's car to get broken. I don't want something bad to happen. Grand Haven Public Works says the road is private property. So a pothole here is not necessarily their problem. However, they're now planning to reach out because of the popularity of all these posts. Get people out here and, and hopefully, you know, uh, inspire the city to, to make some changes. So while the pothole will keep inspiring jokes. I feel like a king, the king of the potholes. They hope it will also inspire some change. People are quick to complain and they're quick to point out the negative, but it, it's I'm glad a large local people could have some fun with it. Did you hear the the first of all, let's talk about the audio of the reporter. Like that's a small market right there. Yeah. yeah. But also she said something like the um the agency that's going to respond, it's not their jurisdiction. Like they don't usually take on these tasks, but because of the attention, they will. Right, because it's on. private property. It's not a. It's yeah. not city-owned property. Which I get. I mean, if it's not city-owned, yeah. then they have. They you know they have to coordinate with them to take care of it. The um, but that's a pretty big road. The uh, the city of Petaluma has a have a historically horrible problem. Yeah, with what's pothole. Petaluma's excuse? Well, <laughs> there's even an ice cream named Petaluma Pothole Ice Cream that's yeah, sold. That's pretty bad. Uh, the people took here not to putting easy chairs in the potholes, but to planting plants like flowers right they would go out and they would plant flowers so that you know you would see something sticking up crazy see something um yeah. plant something see something plant something Speaking all right let's, something yeah this australian man has put on a new record 10 pairs of underpants and 13.03 seconds i wow. mean you gotta celebrate something right yeah, we're celebrating this. Nicholas Manning of Brisbane says he's always Brisbane? wanted to break Brisbane. Brisbane. He's always wanted to break a Guinness World Record, and so he decided this was what he was going to do. The record <laughs> for attempting all the things, all the things you could put pick. on. Uh, yeah, this is the one. This is the one that's going to make you famous. This is what you'll go down in history for. How many pairs of underpants can you put on very, very quickly? He said it took him six months of practice to develop and refine the technique. He successfully broke the record with a time of 13.03 seconds. He's been training ever since he became a big boy. That's pretty. It takes me longer than that to put on one pair of underwear. That's a long I'm time. I'm a big boy now. <laughs> Mommy, Captain wow. Underpants. That's Look right. At me he now. Is, he is Captain Underpants. That's yeah, he didn't funny. go for. Um, he didn't go for style. No, it was speed. It was all about speed. Yeah, they don't look really whitey for tidy whiteys. They look kind of gray. Mm, well, yeah, they're, well, they've I been, hope they're clean. They've been through a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, congratulations. If that's what you want to do with your life, more power to you. This is fantastic. Okay, from uh, Michigan to Australia, we're all over the place. Let's go to mm. Colombia. Colombia. Yeah. Tremendously unfair. Latin America's strictest junk food law divides shoppers in Bogota. Colombia became one of the first countries in the world to tax ultra-processed foods earlier this year, and customers are feeling the impact. Instead of eating a bag of chips, 
they say crisps here because it's a British store, or Cheetos, I'll go to the fruit section of the supermarket, says Liliana Cano, uh, Cano, a 43-year-old shopper at a supermarket in Bogota. But sometimes I feel like I want a soft drink, right, as a little treat. Colombia uh, became one of the first countries in the world to tax ultra-processed foods earlier this year. The ambitious new health measure aimed at reducing the burden of non-communicable diseases such as cancer and diabetes. It also mm. includes warnings carried on foods high in sugar, salt, and other additives. Like many low- and middle-income countries, Colombia is seeing an increase in the burden of these diseases, which account for an estimated 76% of all deaths in the country. Wow. On average, Colombians consume 12 grams of salt a day, the most of any country in Latin America. Nearly a third of adults have high blood sugar, or I'm sorry, high blood pressure. Um, the additional tax of 10%, which is planned to be increased till 20% in 2025. Ouch. Levied uh, on healthy, uh, I'm sorry, unhealthy snacks and soft drinks, as well as some staples such as processed meats. A month after introduction of the measures, Bog- uh, shoppers there in Bogota are beginning to feel the impact. Everyone has, you know, a high amount of sugar or sodium and they know it's bad for health. So it's a good idea to increase the tax on those products. But eating healthily is expensive. The tax affects us in ex- uh, tr- tremendously unfair, uh, says Hector Cruz, a 45-year-old sh- uh, shopper in discount supermarket uh, at the supermarket. I agree that they should uh, tax products like soft drinks and beers, but not staples. Of course, you uh, you would like to consume a healthy product with good proteins and minerals, but the unemployment rate is so high here and the economy is weakening. So People maybe haven't had breakfast or haven't eaten anything by midday. We'll just buy a bag of chips for uh, the equivalent of, uh, it looks like about 75 cents, 3,000 oh, wow. pesos. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe we need something like that. I don't know. 20% seems, seems That's kind of That's a lot. I mean, that'll get you to change your habits for sure, right? Yeah. You know, there's a sugar, there's a tax on sugar drinks in, in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, which I, mean, I never I- think about, but sometimes I'll like get a protein shake and like the the non-sugar version, you wouldn't think like protein shake, right? But the one that doesn't right. have sugar in it, it's cheaper. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then yeah, I realized, oh, why. there's a sugar tax. And mm-hmm. then if you go to Costco here, you go to the fountain. Every time you go to the fountain, you will hear people say, where's the regular Pepsi? There is no regular Pepsi. Why? Because of the tax? They have no sugar options on their fountain oh, because wow. Costco doesn't want to include the tax. It's, they only charge yeah. like 29 cents on the... So it's like um, bubbly sparkling water. And then Diet Pepsi and Pepsi Zero. Oh, and interesting. Some, and like a sugar-free lemonade or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, no sugar. Interesting. Okay. Let's go to the waterfalls. Woo, look at that. Ooh. This is a, a really cool story about underground waterfalls. It turns out that the tallest underground cave waterfall in the United States is hiding in a Tennessee mountain. And you can see it by glass elevator. It's Ruby Falls inside Lookout Mountain in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Glass elevator. That sounds like Willy Wonka. Doesn't it? It's the tallest, deepest underground cave waterfall in the United States that's open to the public. Inside, That's, that's a niche category. Well, hey, I'm surprised movies haven't been filmed here. It's inside of Lookout Mountain, um, this southern town, Chattanooga, Tennessee, known for its rock climbing, biking, and hiking. Um, And I guess while you're there, you see a lot of people lining up to ride this glass-roofed incline railway up Lookout Mountain, where they're finding the gem inside the park so you get into this glass front elevator that descends 26 stories into the heart of the mountain at the bottom you get out you see a series of stalactites stalagmites and ancient formations and then ruby falls which is set 1120 feet within lookout mountain uh Every tour is guided to keep everybody safe and and well preserve the the mountain and everything there and protect them from the oompa loompas i guess so the cave walk tour offers a faster paced journey through the cave to the waterfall they have pre-recorded audio it's like they're it's like um going out to to, uh not treasure island uh alcatraz right with a pre-recorded tour that's right there's also a before hours gentle walking tour with more in-depth information and then they have the after hours lantern tour so this is a big deal like an after party 
even on Valentine's Day, they have the Romance at Ruby Tour. It's a romance-focused journey delving into the fall's past. So oh. I, don't know, I just thought it was really cool. There's it's a about... pre-recorded tour at Alcatraz? Yeah, in all oh. different languages. Oh, quickly, I want to share. I, I'd never been to Alcatraz because when you're, when you're from here, the joke is that no one who was born here has been there. Right. My father never went. My sister, who's older than me, has never gone. Um, my mom is not from here. She's been. Yeah. Um, and I finally went during the pandemic because my friend wanted to go and he was visiting and they still had it open. Um, but the buildings were closed. Oh, OK. Which I realized was a bad idea. So we never saw the cells. We just saw oh, the outsides of buildings. The outside and I, realized of it. I didn't really see Alcatraz. Yeah, you didn't. It's the inside that's interesting. I've been there more than once. I went there on a field trip as a kid. Yeah. And back then they would lock you in the gate in the um the isolation which is like a a yeah. dark cell and then they would tell you the stories of how they would turn on water on people in this cold cell and then they wouldn't turn water on on the people in the cell but they slam the door and so you're in there for a few seconds and it's dark a few and you seconds. really I was get gonna the say, feeling they walk away. No, oh, it's pretty <laughs> scary. And then of course I've taken people there that have come to visit so that's why I've been there but yeah you're right it's funny how you don't see things in your own backyard, but this cool, this underground waterfall, that looks cool. Yeah. That looks very there's Disney. A, there's that's one reason and one reason only to go to Tennessee. Ouch. Sorry. If you're well, what from about Tennessee. Ma what about Nashville? Uh, all right. Maybe that too. Maybe. Kim, so harsh. Yeah. So harsh on the South. <laughs> um, this next story is about Snoopy. Everyone can oh. agree that they love Snoopy, right? A Snoopy yeah. doll at CVS has gone viral on social media and it's sold out everywhere. The doll, which retailed for about $15, it's selling for $50 to $100 each. Why? Is it something special about it? Yeah, well, it was like a limited, it was a limited thing. His uh, lovable okay. beagle captured the hearts and emptied the wallets of a new generation of fans this holiday season as Snoopy dolls at CVS became the lo local um, latest social media craze for gen z the plush dolls referred to as puffer jacket snoopy seemingly <laughs> sold out everywhere within days of their release and users on um i'm just gonna say twitter tiktok and instagram documented mm -hmm. that's my protest tiktok and instagram documented their hunt for the elusive dog in videos and posts have gone viral so it's one of those things where it just it just kind of exploded right and yeah um people really took to uh this plush doll um, Cindy, who works at CVS on 4th Street in Santa Rosa, said the store received about 12 dolls and they were gone within in a week. While the wow. dolls are gone, the love for Snoopy online is stronger than ever. They probably should have ordered more in Sonoma in County. In Santa given, Rosa, yeah. Yeah, in Santa Rosa, given yeah. that you live there. Um, a senior vice president of marketing communications for Peanuts Worldwide recently told NPR that the official Snoopy TikTok account gained 198,000 new followers in the last half of the wow. year, which she called the highest growth the account has ever seen. Uh, the okay. director of the Charles Schultz Museum and Research Center, research center, <laughs> researching in Santa Rosa also told NPR that um, its Instagram is seeing the highest engagement among 18 to 24 year olds. So yeah, that's, that's cool. cool. A new love for Snoopy. I like it. In New Zealand, they have a whole different way of going to school. They have bush kindies. Like bush kindergartens? Yes. Okay. Nature schools, sometimes referred to as forest schools or bush kindies, are cropping up around the world, including the UK and Australia, and they are often inspired by the outdoors culture or frilu fritzlu. That's Scandinavia. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Right. Enviro schools, similar to nature schools, but more structured, are also gaining some popularity. So they found that when kids are outside, they're paying more attention. They're kind of getting working their energy out and they're learning at the same time. So there are now more than 80 nature schools across New Zealand. And there's a community of about 2000 educators doing this. Proponents of nature-based education believe time spent learning and playing outdoors in all kinds of weather, even when it's rainy out there, one of the best ways to boost resilience, well-being and creativity in children. And they say the research does support this, including evidence that nature school students experienced enhanced motivation. They have better social skills. They achieve more uh, milestones academically, and they have a better appreciation for the natural world. So a lot of reasons to do the uh, the outdoor school, the bush kindy, as they say. Uh, do they give your kid a bath at the end of the day for you? 
you take your kid home worn out and dirty. You're responsible for your own bathing. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, mm-hmm. This next story is about AI. And uh, I thought I had a photo here. Um, yeah, hold on. No. AI. Yeah. We want to Ooh, There's AI. AI. Yeah. Call that AI. Um, yeah. Here, uh, s- s- uh, bear with me. Computers being a a bear today there's no way ai will completely replace human musicians says an award-winning composer um now come on you think ai is going to replace singers and what is this world going? maybe i mean i I hope not no one zero zero one zero one 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 it's a rapper (laughs) one zero one 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 zero in, the April, in April of this year, a creator called Ghost Writer released a song, Heart on My Sleeve, which used AI-generated voices of singers The Weeknd and Drake. It mm-hmm. was later submitted for a Grammy Award. Based on how quickly the song went viral online and how convincingly AI was able to mimic two extremely popular entertainers, you may be wondering if the future of music could be filled with more AI artists than human mu- musicians. But you shouldn't worry too much about that becoming a reality, says Joel Beckerman, an award-winning television and film composer and co-founder of Made Music Studio. He says there's no way for the, in the foreseeable future that AI will completely replace com- com- um, composers. He says people connect with artists' stories and songs. When it comes to music, people enjoy connecting with the artist's stories as much as they appreciate mm-hmm. the song itself. Take mega pop star Taylor Swift, for example. She has not only released hundreds of songs over the course of her career, but she has also cultivated a community of fans that deeply identify with the themes of love, heartbreak, and and growth she sings about. What are the AI like artists going to sing about? Like well, antivirus now, software? No, you know, well now you put internet? in you put in whatever <laughs> it is you want. Like you know, write me a song about heartbreak, and it takes from poetry and other things that humans have created, and. So it's it's not all electronic as far as you know, no feeling, no emotion. Yeah, it has AI input isn't, from humanity. As they say here, the AI isn't com, uh, capable of drawing from its own past relationships and life experiences for song inspiration, the way Swift and other musics and artists can. So I mean, they're just going to be basically mimicking what already exists. AI may be able to come up with a really good composition, but the question is whether or not there's some kind of meaningful story. You know, like mm-hmm. the music won't have a soul. No. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's difficult to program creativity. They say generative AI models use a series of sophisticated algorithms algorithms to process vast amounts of data, you know, the training data that they can produce new text with, video, audio, and photo content. That's how AI chatbots are able to respond to user requests. However, since we have a pretty limited understanding of how humans develop uh, creativity, it would be pretty difficult to make an algorithm that duplicates this process. I just think it's stupid (laughs) and unnecessary. Like, what's the point? What's the point? Yes. What's the point? Indeed. I kind of feel the same way. It's the same thing about, I was doing the story yesterday about books. There's this new thing you can buy for $35. You can tell this AI program what you want the book to be about, and it will churn out a book for you. And it's like, I don't want to read something or listen to something music wise or whatever it is that doesn't have that human component. I want to hear what came out of your creative brain not what came out of some computer so yeah let's talk about reese's so it looks like when you buy the reese's pumpkin you're going to open up the package and you're going to get a little jack-o'-lantern in there right no kind of looks more like that it's it's a pumpkin-y shape coated in chocolate so it's like the batman logo covered in chocolate (laughs) and they want it to look like this it looks like this. Is that a well, reason she to should, sue? She should sue. Come on, it's well, America. And, and yes, indeed, she shall. This woman from Florida filed a hefty class action lawsuit against the Hershey company who makes Reese's, claiming the chocolate maker used false deceptive advertising for its Reese's candies. It all comes down to that little face right on the front. According to court documents, Cynthia Kelly is suing Hershey's on behalf of herself and all other similarly situated individuals who purchased a Reese's peanut butter product based on false deceptive advertising. Well, it does say pumpkin. It doesn't say Jack Lantern. Because pumpkin, I don't know, but it, it does specify. have the pumpkin face on the front. Yeah, but it doesn't specify in the text. Ridiculous. The issue is not how they taste, but how they look. In the lawsuit, Kelly claims the Reese's peanut butter products are falsely represented as containing explicit carved out artistic designs when there are no such carvings in the actual products. Carved out artistic designs. No, no. it's like a little 
print. She wants a face and ain't no face to be had. So she is suing. Yeah, they do yeah. in the picture, as we can see, have the carved out eyes and the mouth. It does look like a jack-o'-lantern on the package. And again, in the real thing, there are no well, eyes, She should go mouth, to Taco whatever. Bell next. You know, <laughs> their food doesn't herself. look like the photo. And Burger King, since their, their food doesn't uh, look like the photo. Reese's white ghost bats, their footballs, and other holiday-themed candy are also missing decorative carving. She says many consumers have been tricked and misled. Well, by that's the probably the white pictures. bat. See, I said it kind of looked like Batman. It, it's probably the white bat. They just, well, maybe they it's just the shellac bat. it in white chocolate. Dark bat. I don't know. Um, I, I Really. Hershey's labels for products are materially misleading, and numerous consumers have been tricked and misled by the pictures on the packaging. So mm. it centers around these peanut butter products. Reese's peanut butter pumpkins. Reese's White Pumpkins, Reese's Pieces Pumpkins, Reese's Peanut Butter Ghost, the Reese's White Ghost, the Reese's Peanut Butter Bat, the Reese's Peanut Butter Football. Reese, you're saying Reese's, Reese's not racist, not a racist Re bat. Reese's, why did I, does it sound like I said racist? <laughs> well, you're, you're speaking, you're, when you say it fast. Reese's, Reese's Peanut Butter Reese's shaped, White Bat. <laughs> the stockings, the snowmen, the bells, whatever it is, she's suing because she thinks people are being She's duped. got a lot of time on her hands. Why am I picturing somebody like cracked out in a Motel 6? I'm telling you, I crazy. The lawsuit is apparently linking to YouTube reviews from people complaining about being duped from the packaging. In one review, a YouTuber says they are flabbergasted. Reese's, what are you doing? Look at the picture on the packet. It's like a pumpkin with a face and a little mouth. And then you open up the packet and you are presented with that monstrosity. People have a lot of time on their hands. I'm telling yeah. you. Just go back and uh, ask for a refund. I mean, there, there's real adversity in this world right now. Don't even uh, ask for a refund. Just eat the candy and enjoy it. Lord, and don't buy another one. Kim's, Kim, you're more of a candy fascist. Shit, shit, shit. <laughs> I'm telling you. Be quiet in the chat and eat your Reese's. If a judge grants the lawsuit the law, lawsuit class action status, it would apply to all consumers within the state of Florida who bought the misleading Reese's products. The matter in controversy exceeds the sum or value of $5 million, exclusive of interest and costs, and this class action, which the number of members of the proposed class is not less than 100. Hershey's has 21 days to respond. What will they say? Big middle finger, probably. Ouch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what we say. What? It's time for a break. Already? Well, wow. it's 33 past the beginning okay. of the show. We'll take a break. We'll, past the hour. We'll take a break. And when we I'm come keeping, back. I'm keeping track of the time. You're very good. We're going to space and then oh, some spiders on the after party live. We'll talk about it next. Okay. Yep. Hey, everybody. It's your friend Satan. Love me or hate me, The After Party Live is underwritten by our audience, and without you, this show wouldn't be possible. If you could contribute 10, 15, 20 dollars, 666 dollars, it would keep this party very, very hot and heavy. Any dollar amount is appreciated and it all adds up, isn't that the truth? The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. I know what you're thinking, why should I be tempted by the devil, but come on guys, it's not like I'm asking you for your soul. <laughs> A party where you don't even have to leave the house. You could be naked for all we care. The After Party, live. Huge thank you to our uh, ongoing contributors, Jim S. and Vincent V. And also Wes T. with that $5 super sticker coming in at the start of the show. Huge thank you. We're crowdfunded, so we appreciate all the help. Yes, thank you, Wes. And yeah. thank you, Jim S. and Vincent mm -hmm. V. Could not do it without you, uh, like Kim said. Yeah. And we can't do this next story, I don't think, without a photo. So let me... Oh, we have to have photo. one. Yeah, we need yeah. a photo, right? Um yeah, this next story is about ancient ritual artifacts. You ready for this? I like this. A mysterious those. ancient artifact could help reveal the whereabouts of a star that exploded as a supernova thousands of years ago and is no longer visible. The artifact, which is found in Italy, um, is a stone disc featuring engravings that researchers believe form a celestial map of the night sky, according to a study published in the journal. Oh, man. Astromish 
Nach, Nachten. Nachten. Okay. It's German. Okay. Uh, in the study, the researchers identified several engravings <laughs> on the disc that they said precisely matched the locations of stars, uh, groups of stars visible in the night sky. That's pretty cool. Intriguingly, the ritual stone may represent one of the oldest, if not the oldest, celestial maps ever discovered, according to the scientists, although further research is required, and that's why we have study people and research people, right, to understand more about the object's nature. That's pretty cool, right? Very cool. The stone, which is about the size of a car tire, was found at the site of an ancient hill. Um, it was a fort in Rupin Piccolo, northeastern Italy. These types of historic settlements are generally protected by massive stone walls and are known today as Castellieri. Um, hmm. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. I like it. Did like, you know like there's a lot? Okay, a lot. Did you know there's this controversy over this body butter? Oh, yeah. No. This company is huge, Sol de Janeiro, and it's big with the teenage set. All the girls want to have this Sol de Janeiro stuff. Right. Well, there's this this thing. This I don't know if it's a rumor or a meme that started it or what, but. There were claims that this product, the Sol de Janeiro Drench Body Butter, Delicia Drench Body Butter, attracts wolf spiders. Uh, it doesn't. The company says no. It started with a one-star review for Delicia Drench Body Butter, which is a moisturizing cream from Sol de Janeiro. The review posted earlier this month on a website of beauty retailer Sephora warned readers in all caps sent attracts wolf spiders the reviewer implored people who are scared of wolf spiders to watch out because supposedly using this body butter instantly attracts one of these spiders um they also said and they got the words wrong they said it's kryptonite to wolf spiders what they probably meant is like catnip to wolf spiders right it won't kill them it'll attract them right. uh, she said, one time the spider wanted to eat whatever ingredient is in it so bad that it chased me. I swear on everything. I'd run left. It ran left. I ran right. It ran right. Like well, it maybe was like mosquitoes, it was attracted to something coming out of her. Oh. Maybe, she ate, maybe she ate meat that day or something. She said it was legit following the scent. The testimonial viral Is she a, is she a scientist? Media. Did she do a double blind study? No. Did she, she talk to the study around. people? She probably didn't even talk to the study mm -hmm. people. Come on. Well, um, a Reddit user cited a study suggesting that uh, farsenil acetate and hexacetyl acetate, two of the chemical compounds sometimes used in skincare products, can mimic pheromones from sexually receptive female spiders. But they say even though this uh, body butter might, might contain those ingredients... <laughs> In the right dosage, which could attract male spiders looking for mates, the Reddit user said they didn't actually know whether Delicia Body Butter had those compounds. So again, more rumor, more innuendo. So Sol de Janeiro, the company that makes it, comes out and says, no. Uh, first of all, the products don't contain any of the ingredients that could possibly attract spiders. They said, we didn't think we could wrap 2023 becoming an urban legend, but nail painting all of our products including our new delicia drenched body butter and upcoming chirosa 59 perfume mist are free from farnesyl acetate uh -huh. disobutyl phthalate and hexadecyl acetate so while they may attract a lot of attention from people they won't from arachnids even though we love all creatures at sol de janeiro hope that clears up any concerns and happy 2024 so it's that just won't, that won't clear it up things no yeah. of course not. people are going to say that you know people are going to believe what they want to believe no yeah body um, butter does not attract wolf spiders don't believe it entertainment news uh you covered this earlier what's this going on with jimmy kimmel oh yeah this is a story where you know there's this awaited list associated with the sex offender jeffrey epstein and everyone's waiting to see there's supposed to be 150 people that are associated with him on this list and it may be that not all of them are have sexual deviances or whatnot Bill but they're also people that continue doing business with him even after he was arrested or convicted on sex crimes so Aaron Rodgers, the NFL quarterback, 
goes on to some type of podcast and he says, Jimmy Kimmel doesn't want the list to come out, insinuating that somehow Jimmy Kimmel's name might be on it. And so Jimmy Kimmel fights back. Uh, He says, dear Aaron, I think it's kind of blocked out. I think he called him Airhole or something. For the record, I've not met with, flown with, visited, or had any contact whatsoever with Epstein, nor will you find my name on any list other than the clearly phony, no-nonsense, that soft-brained wackos like yourself can't seem to distinguish from reality. Your reckless words put my family in danger. Keep it up, and we'll debate the facts further in court. So he's not taking that. He fired back on social media. Um, and well, I don't blame I, him. He's a yeah. mainstream, popular, yeah. known person, right? And a family guy with kids. And so, you know, you you start getting associated with this, especially with, um, you know, everybody on the internet and conspiracy theories and now people threatening and swatting your home and coming after your family with online threats and other things. Uh, you have to be careful. And I think that's really, you know, um, irresponsible of Aaron Rodgers to to say that even if he was just trying to diss Kimmy, Jimmy, uh, Kimmel, Jimmy, uh, Kimmy, Jimmel, Kimmy, Jimmel, right. For whatever reason, you know, watch out. Exactly. No, I just feel like that's awful to do to someone. Well, and and he's a known, um, football star. So it's like, Mm -hmm. he, he, you know, people are going to believe you. Yeah. 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 That's lame. You know who I always believe? Mariah. And Mariah, new year, new look. Mariah Carey ushered in 2024 by paying attention to both sides of herself after being reminded that they indeed belong together. Donning voluptuous curly hair while decked out in a silver sequin, how do you say this, retrofit mini dress, the elusive mm-hmm. Chanteuse made a major announcement. New year, new beginning, taking a picture from my bad side, the five-time Grammy winner explained in her uh, Instagram post following New Year's Day. Yeah, for years, singer-songwriter has favored photographs taken on her right side over her left. But in 2024, we're getting a new Mariah and people don't see anything bad mm-hmm. about her, quote unquote, bad side. You'll never have a bad side, uh, MC commented, uh, one of her fans. MC, what bad side? I said that back in the day, commented power publicist Yvette Noel Schur. In 2016, she revealed the reason on an episode of a reality show, Mariah's, Mariah's World. Uh, did you follow that? No. That show? no. She explained that when she was 19, a woman on the set of a photo shoot told her that her right side was her good side and advised her to only get oh. photo photos taken on her from her good side. Isn't wow. that crazy what we will people tell us and what we believe about ourselves? Yeah. As if. Oh, come on. Uh, so you gave a 19-year-old a complex. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Carrie's change of heart comes after a recent split from backup dancer Brian Tanaka. Tanaka I- issued a statement on Instagram last week about his amicable breakup. The two d- were together for seven years. Um, I have a friend that I bartended with, and he grew up with Brian Tanaka uh, up in the uh, Washington State area. Oh. And then he um, was a backup dancer for, like, Beyonce. He's, okay. um, uh He's in that music video, Love on Top, if you ever see it, where there's, like, five guys. I think they're all guys behind her dancing. Anyway, um, he was with uh, Mariah Carey for, like, seven years. Oh, wow. Huh. Huh. Well, it's crazy to me how... Um, one thing that someone says can lead to this complex that we have for so long. That's wild. Let's talk about Jack Black. Jack Black is signing on to be in this new movie. It's a Minecraft live action movie. This is, I mean, it's kind of cool, I guess. He's making the on-screen jump, they say. Uh, he has joined the cast of Warner Brothers and Legendary's upcoming Minecraft live adaptation, live action adaptation, which previously cast Jason Momoa, Emma Myers, Danielle Brooks, and now Jack Black. So they're going to start filming this in New Zealand. The movie is set to premiere in theaters April 4th of 2025. I have a house of Minecraft players so Jacob oh. more than Julia, but I'm sure that's a, it's going to be very popular. Oh, very I like cool. Jack Black. He's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he looks very different when he doesn't like put any color in his hair. Oh, really? I didn't even recognize him. Yeah. He's like, a, he look, kind of looked like Santa Claus in one of his videos. Oh, um, very great. We're going to go okay. back to AI. So okay. let's, uh, AI has decided to repurpose the same mm-hmm. photo uh, diagram. Uh, Illustration. We asked top AI chatbots for the predictions for 2024, and it produced some very alarming results. This is out of Daily Mail. Um, 
They asked Google's Bard and Amazon backed Claude. I didn't even know about Claude. Do you Claude. know about Amazon's Claude? Yeah. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't really spent any time talking about GPT. <laughs> From ChatGPT taking on the world by storm to sparking historic Hollywood strikes, artificial intelligence had its breakout year last year. So what's in store for the cutting-edge technology this year? Daily Mail uh, asked the leading AI chatbots to predict their fate. AI's Bard and Amazon backed Claude and got some alarming results. We chose the two language models because they use live information from the internet to make predictions, right? So unlike ChatGPT and Microsoft's Bing, which rely on older data, uh, AI systems might start reasoning by themselves. Claude predicted that the first AI models would begin to show signs of AGI, artificial general intelligence. Uh It's a theoretical intelligent agent able to complete any intellectual task a human can. And the arrival of AGI is forecast to be, uh, to cause huge changes to human society. Oh Um, man. And they're saying this is going to happen in 2024? uh, Sooner, sooner than later. Yeah. Yikes. Um, Claude told Daily Mail, in recent, uh, in recent years, we've seen AI algorithms match or exceed human performance in specialized tasks like object recognition, game playing, and language processing. Techniques like deep learning and neural networks running on po- powerful computing infrastructure have driven these leaps forward. Major investments from big tech companies and startups suggest that the pace of innovation isn't slowing anytime soon. And some AI researchers anticipate that we're now getting close to this AGI algorith- algorithms that can match humans' flexibility and adapt, uh, adaptability across different environments and tasks. Um, it's pretty cool. Claude said that the uh, problems around AI could include systems that behave unpredictably and job automation outpass, outpacing workers' ability to adapt, right? Um, wow. Yeah, that's, I don't know. This is all kind of concerning. Um, the next one is biotechnology, that it will upgrade humans. Bard predicted that in 2024, we could see biotechnology breakthroughs that upgrade the human race. I don't like this terminology. Mm-mm-mm. The AI suggested, uh, just me, just a suggestion here. Uh, it's Bard. Yeah, in the back. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's time to upgrade the human race. You know, newest, newest version. The AI suggested that that could include breakthroughs in brain computer interfaces where human brains connect to computers. I think you got to keep that severed. No. Don't you? Bad idea. Elon Musk, unless it's a medical thing, unless it's a medical thing to like control a disability, Mm. right? You know, like MS or something like that. Elon Musk's Neuralink is set to test such technology in volunteers in the coming years. Um, Well, they've been testing it on non-volunteers, the monkeys. You know, we follow that story out of UC Davis, right? Analysis by Foresight Factory suggested this year may, that uh, there may be more than a third of consumers... um, they're saying that more than a third of consumers would be happy to have such a chip implanted. Really? No, 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 no. Really? I don't know them. I don't uh, know them. Other ones include uh, Donna personalized uh, medicine, personalized medicine where treatments are tailored to the individual rather than their, um, and this is based on your DNA rather mm-hmm. than uh, just, you know, general diagnosis. Bard predicted that AI can now power through breakthroughs in personalized medicine in the coming year, years. Um, in the in the quest, AI is emerging as a game changer, powering breakthroughs across various aspects of healthcare. Um, you know, by going through the genetic data and identifying sure. risk factors, right, and diseases. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, if you wow. want to read more about it, um, it's in the Daily Mail. Uh, cu co uk, and so, uh, they talk about election hacking warnings and they go on. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, that's very creepy. Well, before I tell you about a cozy new way to sleep, please. Click like if you could. And like. if you haven't subscribed to the After Party Live, please do it right now. Click the likey button. Click the subscribe button. Yeah, and this, is me- a, this is yeah. like a small time operation. The, 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 after, <laughs> the After Party is like a bake sale. It's like a bake <laughs> sale to make ends meet so that Kim can buy things for her children. There you and go. And I can buy dinner for my cat. Let us go now to, (laughs) speaking of animal lovers, to the human dog bed. This is apparently a thing. Yeah. Look at that. How cozy is that? It doesn't look big enough. Well, it is big enough for that fellow. He's like hanging off the edge. Depends on how many dogs you have, I guess. Mm -hmm. If you think your dog looks all comfy in its dog bed and you've wondered... Why can't I have one of those? That dog looks concerned. Look at his face. You can. The dog's like, get out of my bed, dude. Yeah. He's like, you're weird. The Pluffle is the world's first human dog bed. Apparently, it was one of Google's most 100 trending gifts this holiday season. The searches for this human dog bed spiked 
uh, what, 1,650% this year. It rose in popularity in part because it's a brand new way for doting pet owners to fuss over and spend quality time with their furry friends. You want to climb in? Yeah, take a sleep, take a little nap with your dog. This nearly six foot long bed was designed with human comfort in mind with a mattress grade memory foam covered in soft stress reducing fabric. It has a list price of 500 bucks and it comes in four different colors. You get your fluffle for $500. Where do you even put something that big? 500 bucks. I got my bed for less than that. Like my queen size bed at Costco. The bed first launched December of last year after raising nearly $300,000 on the crowdfunding website Kickstarter. The company's owners say, uh, oh, they even appeared on ABC Shark Tank as well. Its growing popularity has resulted in cheaper alternatives popping up on Amazon. So the fluffle is the original, but you can find the knockoffs now. The bed apparently so comfortable that some remote workers are now using it as part of their workstation so you hop that dog in. looks like like you know <laughs> like he's in bed with his spouse and he's like you're, you're hogging the blanket or you're like it's too hot here it's like i can't move i want my room there's just not enough room to move around for me some people are working from this one woman says it's very comfortable and believe it or not very productive oddly enough and another person who has one says he keeps his fluffle in his home office in dallas and he uses it to meditate and take naps throughout the workday. get in your human dog bed and take a so meditation that's what it's really about yeah it's about slacking I off um I I just think that's something so big. I don't know. I don't know. It's too much. Too big. If you want to rest with your dog, then why don't you let your dog on your bed? You know? True. True. I don't know. How about the 5e button? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Click the likey button and the 5e button, Harry. Thank Thank you, Harry. Appreciate it. We'll take a 5e button. Click anytime you want to click. Thank you, Harry. That's nice. Very cool. So uh, restful in your dog, in your human dog bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, can you tell how slow my computer is? Like, thanks for taking so long to go away. Um, okay. Yeah. Could you? I hate to take it off the screen, but no, that's fine. You want me to? Oh, you want to talk about this? Why Gen Z people are aging so differently than millennials? I, I didn't know we were aging differently, but I guess we are. Experts say. There's pressure to um, use the wrong skincare too young. Vaping has been a thing. Also, getting Botox in your early 20s is apparently a thing. And that means the younger generation looks older than people in their 30s. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't put up any of the photos because they're all like photos of women who look perfectly Mm -hmm. fine next to other women. And I didn't want to put that up on the screen. But I mean, generally speaking, a lot of the younger people, they do look like, I should say that the older people who are in there, and by older, we're talking like elder millennials, they look similar to the Gen Z people in age. But, you know, that's a compliment to them taking care of themselves, right? I don't think that's making... And that's what they're saying is that older people maybe have better knowledge of skincare improvement. And those people born between 1980 and 1997 may look more youthful as than other generations at the same age. They have maybe have better diets as well. And so when you compare, you know, people from 1980 to 97 to maybe people that are a little younger to that than them, that maybe the, you know, the aging process is different for different generations. I don't know. I mean, I believe the the thing about the Botox, these young, I've a lot of younger people, we even had coworkers at KGO that said they were getting Botox. And I'm like, you're like 25 or 24. Like, like what's what the point about? of that? Yeah. Um, and then the vaping thing, when vaping first became a thing, my roommate, who's an accountant, had a had a client and it was all vape and it was all cash business and it was coming yeah. out of china and i'm like you don't know what toxic metals i can guarantee you they're toxic metals and all that equipment and the vape juice and everything mm-hmm. imagine what it's doing to people's bodies and they're going to figure it out in 10 15 20 years right the, the beauty experts the aesthetics experts say love of vaping exposure to blue light from phones and devices and getting tweakments i guess like that's beauty treatments like, or tweaking yourself yeah 
um, too young are also a reason that celebrities and influencers in their late teens and early 20s look decades older than those in the past. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Um, but they put, yeah, they put these women, the pictures of these women up that maybe aren't. They don't as, look decades. They don't. No, look they might not be as attractive as women that are they're showing from, you know, that are older than them. But they, or they may look like a lot of sisters look yeah. the same. There's a period of time where people who are sisters, right? There's even mothers that yeah. look sim- like very youthful and look like they're kids, right? You've seen that before yeah. where people can't tell that it's somebody's mom. Which one's the mother? Which one's yeah. the daughter? Yeah. So I think yeah. that the genetics play a big factor, obviously. Yeah. Although I agree that don't, you know, the, and there was a time when I was young, when people were all, you know, smoking wherever they wanted to in movie theaters and bars and wherever, uh, grocery stores, where the people smoked common in grocery stores. Was, people smoked everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Oh, gross. And so you you didn't know where you were going to run into smoke. But back then, secondhand smoke wasn't a thing. And so oh, the thought thing. was, you're just getting well, the reason the you shouldn't low. smoke is because <laughs> smoking makes you look old. Right. If you smoke, mm. you'll age that more quickly. So it's not unbelievable to me that vaping would also do the same thing. Yeah. But at a molecular, like even smaller molecular level, right? Mm-hmm. These are like atomized particles. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of atomized particles, what is this about thin mint deodorant? <laughs> what? If you love the way thin mint cookies smell, take a big chocolatey mint smell. Just it's now up, possible to enjoy up, no. your Girl Scout cookies all year round because native has come out with this new deodorant that smells like girl scout thin mint cookies so is this for like creepy old guys who order uh girl scout cookies i want to say no i want to i want to say it's not for creepy old guys i want to say that it's actually for young guys whoever (laughs) i think for people that really really love the thin mints yeah So this is a new deodorant from Native. It's, of course, aluminum-free deodorant. And they are partnering with with the Girl Scouts for a line of cookie-inspired hygiene products. It's a limited edition Are they going to make the girls start selling this crap? No, they're not. Oh, man. No, no, no. It's a limited edition collection. It launched, uh, launched on Thursday. It features scents emblematic of five iconic Girl Scout cookies. And it's going to crash on Friday. Here's what you can buy. (laughs) You can buy your Thin Mint deodorant, your Trefoil deodorant, your Caramel Delight, uh, or your Samoas, depending on where you live, your Do-Si-Dos, peanut butter sandwiches, and your lemonades. And then the lawsuit is going to be filed on Monday from people who start drinking the crap. Why would you want to have your underarms smell like peanut butter? Because you're weird. Maybe you sleep with your dog. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Native's trend of the unexpected sense and gourmand goodness continues to make a splash by tapping into the national love for Girl Scout cookies. This is their news release they national put out. National love. From the iconic cookie boxes to the recognizable cookie names, lean in to the national nostalgia for the Girl Scouts through this obnoxiously craveable, drool-worthy collection. They call the Thin Mint scent a vibrant blend of mint and chocolate. Mm-hmm. People you are going to think it. that you're just like a sloppy eater. You can like, why does buy it. smell like Girl Scout cookies? Why does she always smell like Thin Mints? That's because you can buy the body wash, the hair conditioner, a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, and of course the deodorant. As of Tuesday, the body wash is sold out. The trefoil scent smells like shortbread with notes of vanilla, lemon, and buttercream. That's the deodorant and the body wash. The caramel coconut is the Samoa. That smells like caramel, coconut, and chocolate. Uh, that's available as several types of deodorant, body spray, body wash, shampoo, and conditioner. The peanut butter version of Dosi Dough combines peanut butter, vanilla, and brown sugar and comes in deodorant and body wash. This is the one maybe I could get behind. The lemon is a spin on the lemonade cookies, and that combines your tangy lemon scent. Uh, maybe not tangy. Maybe I don't want to smell like tangy lemons. I don't know. Uh, i I don't know okay they already have girl scout ice cream so they the ice cream there's an ice cream company that partners with girl scout cookies you can get like ice cream with crushed girl scout cookies in in it 
I don't know. Elise says, then you smell like Fritos sleeping with the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, thank you. I'm just going to say. I think, I think that's no. enough. I think that's enough capitalism. It's a little too you've much. Had, you've had, yeah, a little too much. We're oh. over it. Um, thank you to Harry for Yay! the $5. Super thank you for clicking sticker. the five button. Thank you to Wes for clicking the five button as well. Oh yeah, much and appreciated. Thanks to Wes for five dollars. Yeah, um, and everyone that promotes the show. Yeah, ongoing contributor Jim S and ongoing contributor Vincent V. We are the little show that could. We're a small budget, so yeah, fifty percent go to the girls on the show. Thank Not you for Girl Scout me. cookies, but to the women. <laughs> the women. <laughs> thank you for clicking like and thank you for clicking subscribe and thank you for being here for the after party live and we'll do it all again tomorrow bye john we Daly. will have a great afternoon kim McAllister, and have a great thank afternoon everybody much.